Okay, before we get started, just want to say we're doing a live show. Uh, we are. Last time I checked, anyway. I've seen the posters about. Yeah. So it's on the 13th <laughs> of June. It's at the Pavilion in Reading. Uh, we're going to be showing Who Framed Roger Rabbit and then weaving that into the intricate narrative that uh, we've created. Nailing it. Nailing it, yeah. beginning to end. Yeah. Uh, it's £3 a ticket. It's three quid. It's a cheap way to see a good movie it's, on the it, big screen. And it's a guaranteed good movie. Everybody knows Yeah, you already know it's a good movie. Yeah. So that's on the 13th of June, the Pavilion in Reading. It's £3. It starts at 7 o'clock. Get involved. You can get tickets over at kaiju.fm slash live or over the bar at the Nags Head in Reading, which is opposite the venue, so you can join us for a beverage afterwards. Yeah, that'd be lovely. I, li- I like a beer. We'll have one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> And welcome back to the Space Jam Continuum, the show where we try to make a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. I'm Chris McLennan. I'm Carl Noble. And it feels like ages since we did one of these, and I don't know why, because it, yeah. it was definitely it was exactly pretty, a week Yeah, ago. it was pretty much exactly a week, so yeah, but, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I think it's because we've both been relatively busy doing stuff, and it's hot. It might be because it's hot, and that's <laughs> awful, and and it makes time go horribly yeah, slow. Yeah, it, re- it really drags it out for me. Like, you know, because I'm awake for longer at night time. I'm up earlier in the morning. Maybe it's just days are, days are longer. Ah, oh, possibly it is, yeah. Maybe the sun's just out it's more. Like, more, oh, more God, active time. More sun than there is normally. Yeah, it's weird. It, it is. It, it feels it, like we've missed a week. It's it, it's me. a good thing we're sat in my living room with the curtains closed. And, <laughs> yeah, in our, in our horrible cave. Yeah, <laughs> it's working out really well. You, you're dressed quite summery, though. I am. Like, like, you're getting into the spirit got, of it. I've got a Hawaiian shirt got on. I've got my shirt. shorts You've got on. a vest. You've yeah. got some shorts. It's like, you know, you're getting into the swing of things. Oh, yeah, but it's... it's Because it's the only way really to stay cool. <laughs> it's the only re- real way to stave summer off. Yeah, it's like, what, 26 degrees outside, maybe? And this is appropriate attire. Once it gets up to, like, 28, then I just stop wearing anything on the top <laughs> half. You're just going to say, I just stop. <laughs> I just stop. I stop wearing anything on the top half, at least in the house. Um... And yeah, once it gets to in the thirties, I just wore that as my underpants. <laughs> Fair enough. If I was, if, there may if, be a hiatus in podcast if it gets into the thirties. Yeah, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> I'll put shorts on for the podcast. We'll put, we'll, we'll put like a curtain up. Yeah, like a privacy curtain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should uh, do that. We should watch some cartoons. It's probably a good idea. Uh, so first up this week is a sniffles number. Uh, it's called uh, "Hush My Mouse." Uh, and it's from May the 4th, 1946. It's been a while since we've seen Sniffles. Yeah, but like every time it, it gets me down a bit because well, it's, no, 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 it's no. inevitably worse and worse. Yeah, well, last time he was parenting, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> inevitably worse and worse. <laughs> oh, what's he doing now? So, Let's find uh, out. Yeah, join us in watching uh, Hush My Mouse from May 4th, 1946. <laughs> Coming to America. He's there. He's made it. He's made it. Finally. Yeah. He he has taken his time getting there, though. Oh, yeah. I think it's done him good, though. Well, he seems perkier. Yeah. I I, I got an idea behind that. I think think he's so used to drinking, like, European-Belgian-style beers that are much stronger that now (laughs) that he's come to America... He's just on session. Yeah, so he's, like, he's still drinking as much, but he's just not as pissed. 
Yeah, that's but, what I think it is. I know. I, I like in the context of the episode, I wondered if it was just like you know, if you're all really drunk, but then like something like you're actually in some sort of emergency, yeah, and you just sort of sober up like that. Yeah, he didn't seem to be in that much of an emergency. But, like, he, though. he sort of just came out and seemed fine at the start. And then I wondered if the cat was really drunk because there's also that sort of thing you get where if you're all really drunk, the most sober person is basically sober. Yes. It doesn't matter if they're really drunk. Yeah, they seem the drunk seem the most. Yeah, they seem the most sober. Yeah, I don't know. It was... uh, Yeah, I I, I think it's just he's not used to the alcohol content of American beers. I mean, I think... Or at least American beers then. I I mean, I I definitely don't think he's changed his ways because uh, the first thing he's done on arrival in America is taken up board in a tavern. Yes. Uh, Quite literally. The skirting board rental system. It yeah. would seem in a tavern. In a tavern, yeah. So, like, he, he knows what he's about. Um, so it, it, the, the, it starts with um, the view of the tavern and um, today's special mouse knuckles. And yeah. it's a tavern run by cats, and they've got the big. Uh, there's a big mob boss come around, and yeah. they know he's going to want mouse knuckles. There's no mouse knuckles in the kitchen. Yeah, the, the the he's on the phone to the guy trying to get the mouse knuckles. They're not being sent. Yeah. So Art sends out his um, his idiot friend. Yeah, Filligan. Yeah, to go and catch a mouse and get mouse knuckles. Now he finds Sniffles. Yeah. And proceeds to try and get the mouse knuckles, but Sniffles just outwits him, which yeah, is something is sharp in this one. Right? Yeah, but I think it's next. Uh, yeah, uh, Filligan though. Cause... Yeah, that's what made me think maybe it's just because he's more sober than Filligan. Yeah. What I did find interesting is twice in that cartoon, somebody managed to basically confuse their Mistake. own hand or foot yeah. with something that was in a bag and supposed to be mouse knuckles. Now that leads me to think that they have no feeling. At all, if they're grabbing something and they think it's something else. They only know it's their thing, their arm or leg or whatever, when they are actively trying to get their own... Do you think they just can't feel themselves? Potentially. Because, uh, like, it couldn't... None of them could even feel the movement. Like, if they create a closed loop, you touch your other hand or your foot. But Sniffles grabbed um, Filligan's hand and put it in a bag and then handed it to him. It's still attached to his arm. Yeah. And Filligan just went, okay. And then the mob boss reached his hand through an empty bag, grabbed his own foot, pulled that up through the bag, put it straight in his mouth, and just went, ooh, um, and bit it, and immediately felt pain. Also, in that regard, like, the guys supposedly come in with the mouse knuckles in a bag. Yeah. Right. Now, you're at a restaurant. So surely you're expecting them, him to go out and get the mouse knuckles and then them to cook them up. So why do you think they're just good to go straight from the bag that he supposedly brought in? Well, I mean, like, like, like maybe they just eat them raw. Yeah, but do you think he went out to pre- and prepared the mouse knuckles outside? And then just like, I, I just don't get like, it didn't yeah. connect to me. He's too excited about mouse knuckles. Well, I mean, they are on special, so... Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's obviously it's obviously a pretty exciting time. Yeah, I guess. But then Sniffles uh, sneaks out again. The the mob boss is chasing him that time, I think. Yeah, and, and basically he brings a like Sniffles ends up kind of getting his mate, his who's dog, a dog buddy, 
in. Yeah. Or, or at least he manages to, to trick, trick a dog, a do- yeah, into coming in by basically the dog ends up chasing his own bone, yeah, which was stolen by Filligan. Yeah, and then uh, he gets into a tussle with the mob boss. And then Artie gets involved in that tussle. Yeah, and then it's just Filligan at the end on the on the phone to Tushy, Tushy, yeah, who runs the taverns. Yeah, like and I has, has a chain and, and a chain has, as well. Yeah, I think so. And has mouse knuckles in stock now, but he goes, "Oh, I don't think he needs them, but he could do with some brass knuckles." Yeah, and that's the arc of the episode. Yeah. I do like that. There's a there's a chain. There's a chain. It's a chain pub. Yeah, because it, Ar- Artie's like, I'm the manager. He's on the phone to Tushy. Yeah, going, going oh, where's where's the stuff? Like, you, you, like you you said we've got a special on mouse knuckles, and now we've got no mouse knuckles, and the mob boss guy's coming, and he's going to want some mouse knuckles. Yeah, it seems imprudent. Like, because they're like, you the take the sign like, down, wouldn't you? Yeah, just take the sign down. Just go, sorry, the special's off now. Why? Because we boss, sold out. The mob boss wasn't there yet. No, but Artie did know he was coming down. Yeah, for mouse knuckles. He knew he was coming down for mouse knuckles. That's why he was so okay, adamant so to get he phoned them. ahead? I guess so. He probably booked a table. I'm guessing Artie's um, establishment of Tushy's is probably one of the more popular ones where you have to phone ahead. It does seem to have no tables until someone comes in. Yeah. And then he puts that's, one there. That's, that's probably why you need to phone ahead. So, <laughs> so he needs to know to get, to get some tables. Yeah. Because he literally put, like, it, like he, he puts the table down if you arrive. Yeah. I mean, that's cool, though. He literally sets the table. What are they doing the rest of the time? Uh, what What are the table's doing? No, what, what's RT and Filligan and that doing when it's just an empty room? Making beer? Cooking? I don't know. Well, they're clearly Chasing not. mice? I don't know. I just don't think it's a very good business model. Uh, no, but you need to take that with Tushy, though. That's his business model. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if, if you, if you uh, work for Tushy or yeah. uh, you know Tushy <laughs> or you are Tushy, uh, phone in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, email. 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 email then. We it's don't not, have a number. We have a number. Uh, well, no, I think it's four. Okay. Pick up your phone. Dial four. Dial four. You'll might get, get through one to of us. us. Yeah, might get through. Um, what I did notice, though, um, and I mean, we've seen it quite regularly, but I don't think ever really brought it up. Anytime there's a fight in the Tooniverse, they turn into clouds. I think, I, I don't know, I think the frame rate of the portal is just pretty low. Oh, it, just, it just can't. But where's Once the dust moving, come from? What? The, 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 it's a dust up, isn't it? Ah, okay. It's a tussle. Yeah. Okay. So the dust literally they rises into it. the air and gathers around. I them. mean, largely. Is like, it to hide the violence? I I don't. Do you think the portal is censoring stuff? Do you think? It's, no, I, I I think the Tooniverse censors. I think every time there's a murder or something like that, it pans away. Like everybody's vision. Just, pans- <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just pans everyone's away. looking at it, yeah. and then they all just sort of turn their head to the yeah. right. Yeah, like, like if 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 a cloud doesn't appear, like it does during a fight, yeah, to mask it, everyone just looks to the right. <laughs> everyone pans right. That would explain how that dog that killed all those people uh, got yeah, away but, with it. Yeah, but then but then you know when somebody's doing a murder because you, you can't help. Away. Yeah, but 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 maybe the portal is a tune. Or at least part oh dear. two. That's going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to entertain that as an idea. <laughs> it, but that would explain why it pans right. It just goes. This is what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and off it goes. Every time there's been a short pause in this conversation, by the way, it's been we're, yeah, simultaneously we're, we're looking both to the right. right. <laughs> uh, just in case you were wondering why it, it keeps cutting. Why out. do they keep stopping? <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I don't think there's much to be answered in that episode apart from Sniffles is in America now. Yeah. I mean, it's nice, like, you know, it's nice to uh, you know there's a Weatherspoon's equivalent. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's, it's Tushy's. Tushy's uh, we, we, we've, we've now got some more questions and maybe a better insight as to what the portal is. That's true. It might be a tune. Might be a tune. A tune is very willing to turn the other cheek in the face of violence and murder. Yeah. Right, let's move let's, on then. Let's because uh, we've got a let's, new buddy. Let's move on, mate. Yes, we've got a new buddy in the universe. Uh, it's Gosma. Yes, the big orange. But that's it. Like block. A, a lot of people will know Gosma, but not know that he's called Gosma. Yeah, he's essentially the like a red honey monster without arms. Yeah, he's just like a. I think a he hon- has got them. Like yeah, I can't remember. He's maybe like a, a fairy f- sort of like a fairy fridge. Yeah, he's like a big furry orange fridge. Yeah, like, like I don't know what he's. I don't know how he gets into the universe because I always remembered him as a Marvin it, the Martian associated thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking he's. I mean, he's obviously way before that, but we we get to see how he comes in. Yeah, he's here with bugs before. Maybe, maybe Brooks brought him. What? What? Because he needs him for something. Uh, he needs oh, him we'll for find a job. Out. Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's watch a uh, hair raising hair. Which is a Bugs and Gosman number from May 25th, 1946. Fucking in. Gosman's great. Hey, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He's absolutely fantastic. Fan. I'm a big fan of Gosman. Yeah, like, I can see um, him and Bugs getting on very well. Yeah, like, because I think Bugs will have seen a lot of things that Gosma tried in that episode, and, like, he'll kind of want to take him on as a protege and, yeah. like, you know, guide him. Because, like, the, the the spirit's the same, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, it just, just their... He likes, their disgu- whimsical, he likes disguises Yeah, their whimsical attitude is great. Like, they, they, they seem to get on. They didn't actively try and hurt each other too much. And, uh, like, Bugs was on form. Oh yeah, in this episode. Oh, I mean, it was it was it was quality stuff. Yeah, like, he never seemed to think he was in peril. Like he was his commitment to bits. Yes, was incredible. Oh, yeah. Like as soon as like as soon as there was an open door, he could have escaped out of. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm doing a bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. You can't fault him there. No, it was great. So basically, uh, Bugs uh, has the feeling he's being watched, and he is on like a screen yeah. by a sort of mad scientist dude who lives up in a castle obviously who sends like a mechanical like clockwork rabbit to lure him into the castle and it works and it works like amazingly amazingly like it was just a clockwork rabbit so i do think he's probably because it, it like it wasn't a complex robot as no. soon as its path was sort of interfered with it fell apart yeah, yeah so yeah. i i think he must have had to do that a good number of times to get the bunny to walk out the front door and through the woods to bugs's and, hole, then, back and then back up yeah because that, take, that takes some doing with those little walking clockwork toys. Well, yeah, yeah that's it. Like, like you, you, you've really got to map the contours. Yeah, I think he's like had a landscape gardener in. Yeah, like he's really just made sure that the the, the terrain guides just the fits. robot. So it's like right, okay, if I get it off at of that angle, it'll do exactly what I want. It to. Yeah. So he lures Bugs back to the castle with this robot, um, locks him in there. Yeah. Uh, Bugs doesn't feel that being locked in is necessary because he wants to stay. Because of the because of the the robo bunny. the lady rabbit, so he doesn't know that this is clockwork at all. He at, at least until he goes to try and give it a kiss, and yeah. then it just falls apart. And he goes, ah, oh, that's a problem with some dames. As soon as you give them a kiss, they just fall apart. And then I don't he, think he then needs he properly. 
but he goes like just sort of like oh well and yeah. paces it out of there yeah and he just goes full horizontal except his legs like arms behind him just horizontal like and he's just like I'm limbo yeah 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 like forward limboing and it's just like wow that is a real commitment to how you walk out of a building yeah but what i like is like at that point i don't think he's discovered it's clockwork at that point either no potentially not like because he doesn't register any surprise no but there again sometimes they just fall apart oh well bye then yeah um i don't know i think it's very difficult to surprise Bugs, and we actually see it happen in the episode. Because yeah. Bugs has seen a lot. Like, um, um, this is relatively late Bugs, just because his, le- his level of confidence. Um, what I did notice is once the door was locked, I didn't see any houseplants. I didn't see any soil. This scientist has been watching Bugs for a while. And he knows and he, he knows. can't take that risk. Yeah, so he's removed all soil. Yeah, there's nothing in there. No. Uh, like even when like there's a trap door, yeah, uh, it goes pit, to water. It goes to water, not to soil. Yeah. So like he's he's intent on keeping bugs in that castle. Yeah, but at, at first it seemed that like he was just interested in getting a rabbit to feed to the monster, which turns out to be Gosma. Yeah. So but, Gosma, obviously, our giant orange carpety friend yeah. with sneakers on. Yeah, he's definitely got like basketball shoes on, hasn't he? Yeah. So maybe he knows something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, he's already maybe, practicing. Yeah, maybe he's, you know, part of the that alien race. Ah. Or maybe, that, that that is a potential. Or or part of a uh, you know, a member of a planet that they've taken over before by right. challenging them to basketball. Okay, it'll 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 be an interesting thing to see. But Bugs has never come across him before this episode because as soon as he sees him He's he's Bugs terrified. freaks out. Yeah, yeah. Uh he genuinely and mind you, he doesn't he doesn't freak out enough to have not already had yikes signs. I think he just carries those signs with him, though. Just in case. Yeah, I think he has just a the lot odd of time signs. He gets surprised. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you would. He's probably got some sort of fourth dimensional pocket. Like, because we, we haven't seen much of it yet, but, like, I, I remember his antics being sign-heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, you've yeah. got to have a style. You've got to have a style. And he did also have um, a table, a manicure kit... Um, just as a bit of a gag to try and distract the the monster, because he was running away from him. But he did seem after the initial shock, he, he was, was like, playing. "Ah, let's just have a bit of a let's have a bit of a giggle with this." Yeah. And he does. So he's being chased by the monster for most of the episode. Yeah. Uh, he seems to want to go up in the castle, and I presume that's because he's sussed that he's not getting out through any soil. Yes. And his best bets is to get up to like the ramparts. And, and leap. Yeah, just jump off soil. into the soil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's chased by Gosma. Yeah, at one point he gets to a pit. Uh, he doesn't... He, Gosma's keep catching up with him. And then he's like, oh my, your nails. And then he gets his yeah. manicure kit out and gives Gosma a nice manicure. He does sort his nails. He does sort his end, nails, yeah. He doesn't have the like, black... No, no, his, his, his nails aren't long. They're, they're, they're just like, you know, well taken care of, which is good. Yeah. But like, yeah, he's chased around a bit. There's a beautiful bit uh, where they're sort of taking turns to hide... Yeah. So like, he's in front of a painting. You can see the eyes moving, and then he just pokes it in the eyes, and obviously it's Gosma behind the painting. Yeah. And then Gosma leaps out, and Bugs has run off, and then the next painting is clearly Bugs in like a rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a hat. And then uh, Gosma goes for it, but the painting just pokes Gosma again, <laughs> and Bugs leaps out, and it's just a painting of like, yeah, like Elizabethan so, sort of clothing. Yeah. With no one in it. Yeah. Which, which makes which me is think very odd. Uh, I think that the scientist is a descendant of. Uh, 
a previous uh, mad scientist who was like an invisible man type. Ah, right. Okay, that's, that's, that's his he, portrait. Yeah. So he he, t- he took a potion that turned him invisible, and then he went, "Oh, I want my portrait done." Yeah. So they just painted the clothing. Yeah. Okay. And then the next down the corridor, it's just blank wall. But Bugs is hit, just like knocks on it, finds where it's different, puts a big X and hits it with a mallet. And Gosmer is yeah, behind it. Yeah, is behind it, yeah. Um, but we, it's we, the next one that's good. Yeah. The next one is where he t- goes around the corner and there's a suit of armour <laughs> with like <laughs> just orange hair, just tuft sticking out of it. And you see it like bring its axe up. Yeah, and like the eyes over. are just looking directly yeah, at Bugs like, and waiting. Well done, Gosmer. <laughs> that is some classic hiding there. But mate. I think that is the moment where him and Bugs probably go... Yeah. I think we can make this work in the long run. Yeah, yeah. It, it was quite because we had uh, we had two audience interactions in this uh, through the portal. Yeah. So at one point, uh, quite near the start, where Bugs is running away, he shuts the door, and Gosman's banging on it, and Bugs goes, "Oh, is there a doctor in the house?" And the silhouette pops up. It's like, "I'm a doctor," and she goes, "What's up, doc?" And then that's it. And that's <laughs> like, just he had the bit. No interest in getting the doctor, and all He just wanted to do his bit at yeah. a doctor. So um, yeah, at that point, but that was post the armor bit. That's the bit mm. where I think he's like, I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I can fully commit to just gags now. Yeah, and then and then he, the the way he gets rid of Gosmer in the end is he just goes, oh, do you ever get that feeling you're being watched? And he does the bit at the start that he did. Yeah, and you know by creepy things, you know things that are unnatural, and basically just points Gosmer towards the portal. Yeah, and shows him. So I'm thinking the portal has to be pointed out to you. If if you are, if you're not really paying that much attention, because we've seen certain tunes which you, just immediately interact with the portal. Yeah. But that's because their their passive perception must be real high. Well, I, I think guess. it's like um, a somebody else's problem field in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Okay, it's just like if something's so whacked out that you just don't consider it could possibly be real, you just don't see it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so it's like you you know, you see you see there and then you go, Oh, there's nothing there. It's like you sort of Okay, now sort of like like a magic eye puzzle, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now defocus. So you go, Oh god. And you can see back through the portal and he sees people and Gosmo's apparently terrified of people. Yeah. Which I mean it's It's that third dimension. They hate it. Yeah, they're like, Oh god, my brain and he he freaks out and just Yeah. And he just, just legs it through several walls. Yeah. And then bugs uh Goes off with the mechanical bunny. Yeah, the mechanical bunny shows back up, and he's just like, oh, you know, it's mechanical. So what if it's mechanical? And then he yeah, goes off in a mechanical that, way. At that point, uh, again, that's why I think we're definitely seeing an older Bugs. Yeah. Because he's like, he's been around, and he's, he's, he's gone, he's do you know future. what? Do you know what? I'll, fine. I'll do a robot. Yeah, I don't mind. That's fine. <laughs> that's like, fine. Yeah. It was, a, it was a very good episode. I really, really enjoyed it. It was yeah. nice to see Gosmer coming in. I wonder if um, he fits into the same family of mad scientists as uh, Porky's uh, lawyer. Uh, possibly. Well, it wasn't Porky's lawyer, was it? It was the executor of like his uncle's estate yes, or something like that. who had a lab under the house. <laughs> <laughs> under the house, yeah. do. Uh, like, because they all just... They, they, they all seem to live in spooky manners and castles well, I, I suppose if it's your job though what mad scientists yeah but well, I'm guessing it's it, it's a job for them yeah but I, I don't know I mean I just think it, it just seems odd like none of, none of them have like a high tech sort of lab they're all just like yeah spooky castles spooky manor 
I think, uh, and, like, and we've seen some sort of legacy in those photos as well. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's it. I mean, it's obviously just been passed down. Um, and that guy, that scientist, looked real weird. Yeah, it, I don't. Really he know. looked like a human that had spent too long on the tomb. Side. Yeah, it did. It looked like it had too many like features of like age and fatigue. It's like yeah. very like heavy bags under the eyes and like it like it yeah, it looks similar to when we saw uh Goebbels. You know, you said uh that, that painting you think it must have been like an ancestor who was invisible. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's him. Right. But the invisibility portion you find a cure for it or something like that. So at some point he has sat for a painting being invisible. But that's why we're seeing like that it being like real age and real warped because he could have went into the portal hundreds of years ago and has just been living there, which is why he thinks castles are fine. Do you think he's living there as if he's uh, a family? Like every yes, sort of generation's yeah, yeah. So, yeah. time, he's, he's he pretending. gets another a portrait painted. Yeah. So, like, because the first guy was quite sort of, like, stocky and, like, you know. And yeah. The but second one was clearly very thin. Presumably, yeah. you know, he'd been there for a while after that. Now he looks like he's... he's skin has a sort of yellowish hue and yeah, it's like, head's all fat and weird yeah like maybe it's just getting worse and worse and he's yeah. just getting pictures of himself painted to see yeah so I, like, like, I'm, I'm thinking it's possibly something along those lines it's a, it's a possibility yeah I don't think we're going to know anytime soon I, I don't think we will find out but you know that, that, that it does allow us to move on because I think I've said everything I need to say about yeah. that yeah again like it's the trouble with the new character <laughs> episodes is like they're always fun yeah but it's like there's not enough content to really m- mix stuff up that no. much. No, and there's still, the, we don't have an origin for Gosma yet either, because he was just behind a door that said monster. Yeah, it could be anything. And he already had his shoes. And he already had his shoes, yeah. Like, the shoes are a key part of the design, yeah. apparently. Okay, so let's uh, move on then. It's a Porky and Sylvester number. Mm, first uh, time as well. It's the first time they've they've met up. Or at least in front of the portal. Yeah. Uh, it's from June 8th, 1946, and it's called Kitty Cornered. Let's give that a go. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. He looked weird. I think he's got um, the cat version of Gout. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. been living the high life here. This is the thing. He, he's indoors now, living with Porky, and his eyes are yellow, and yeah. his nose is black. Yeah. But it's definitely Sylvester. Yeah, like, the voice is all there. Yeah. But we see, like, what I'm going to presume is, like, his uncle. Yeah, like, I guess so, because he's cause all there's weird. three other cats. Yeah. And one of them's, like, old and, like, pissed up all the time. Yeah. And he <laughs> he tail. has a red nose. He has got a red nose, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think... Because Sylvester was outside last time. A he bit was. Like a street cat. Yeah. I think during that time, he got a bit nippy. Maybe he got a bit drunk. <laughs> well, it, Who it, knows? Yeah, it, it definitely did get a bit nippy. Um, because like, in this episode, it's all snowy. So he's decided, right, it's getting too cold for being outside now. I'm going to yeah. become an inside cat for a bit. Because I think if they were all street cats, they'd all have the red nose. Yeah. But now they're inside, only drunk uncle. Yeah, he's the one who's maintaining he... his drunkenness. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the only reason I can see why it would look different. Uh, the episode uh, largely is oriented orientated around uh, everyone's kicking their cats out for the night. Yep. Uh, they don't want to be kicked out for the night. They keep kicking Se- Porky out. Yeah, seems reasonable. It's um, cold out. Then 
yeah, after, I mean, it goes backwards and forwards for a bit. After a while, Porky has them all outside. Uh, Sylvester declares this unconstitutional. Yeah, it's because um, Porky does a dog impression. Yeah, he does a dog uh, impression with like shadow a shadow puppet thing, yeah, and they all run away. Uh, he's very good at that. Yeah. He gets a bit too method with it, a bit too into character, because it turns around and starts licking his him. face. Oh. Um, but yeah, uh, so they're outside, and they come up with a plan in which they disguise themselves as men from Mars. Yeah, and Martians. come back in. Porky... Uh, goes and gets his emergency men from Mars supplies, which uh, in true to Universal <laughs> style is a blunderbuss. Yeah, what's the best gun? But what I like is he gets the blunderbuss, he gets the top of the stairs, and the cats are all at the bottom, now dressed as musketeers. Yeah. And he just drops the blunderbuss and runs. And that, is that because it was only for yeah, use? That's it, it, that, that, he, he ran to go get his um, three musketeers gun. Uh, emergency break glass only in the case of, of Martians. Martian attack. And he yeah. did that. When he got there, it was musketeers, and he, and he was, was like, like "I oh, can't use this." Yeah, I need to. I need to go. Got the know, wrong blunderbuss. Yeah, I need to go slightly further down the alphabet to get the musketeers one. Yeah, I'm Which guessing I he's imagine, got them in alphabetical order. Yeah, I imagine like it's an identical cabinet, except it says musketeers instead of men from Mars. Yeah, it's still a blunderbuss. Yeah, and then the next one down, you've got mysterious creatures. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So yeah, he gets it, but yeah, he can't use that blunderbuss because. That would break all health and safety protocols. Yeah, and it wouldn't be fair. And so he drops it and uh, gets chased out of his house. He and does. He, it, he jumps straight out of a very large, a very window. large window. Yeah, like larger than his house really should have. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, because it's like a suburban house. It's yeah. detached. Yeah, it's like you know, it's nice, but, but that's like that, a that mansion was like the window. end of a corridor, a mansion. Yeah, it's grand. Yeah. So, but I mean, he jumps right out, and you know, it's. I don't know he lands in the snow and then he turns to the audience and says oh does anybody know if anybody's got a house to rent yeah, so is exactly. he thinking about moving into a flat or a house on our side for a bit to get away from the musketeers or Martians because maybe he thinks genuinely thinks that Martians have invaded because that that, I mean, that idea wasn't squashed in his head but also uh, people um, in the audience um in any interaction they've had with universe they seem to be getting far more forward with actually just like just talking directly to the cartoons yeah like it doesn't seem weird anymore like early on when that sort of thing happened it would be people like getting shot and stuff like that yeah now it's like is there a doctor in the house and someone like just without like, hesitation yep, in a fit here said, yep I'll, i can help you out yeah like so but then he got used as a gag he did get used as a gag but my point is uh like there's People are clearly a bit more aware that the Tooniverse is a thing yes. by 1946. Yeah, yeah. Um, that there's clearly some relationship there. It's it's clearly less shady on our side of the portal. So yeah, may- maybe he is uh, going. Oh, I could go out and live there for a while. Yeah, until until this whole Martian thing blows over. Yeah, I mean, I I guess by the end he still believes. The yeah, I I, I can't imagine it'll be long till he realizes. Oh no, it was just the cats taking the mic. Yeah, but. Uh, but I think by the end of the episode, he was still convinced of a Martian situation. Like maybe, so I think Porky at the end there was genuinely seeking, like, you know, asylum. Yeah, no, I think he was. <laughs> well, what I did find interesting in this one is because obviously this is Porky the Fourth, um, and he he doesn't have um, any sort of subdom relationship with these cats. He doesn't have a dog kicking about. Um, you know, that was purely a 
Porky the Third bit, and it's it's interesting to see that they haven't went, okay, well, you're taking over the Porky mantle. You've got to have a dog. Yeah, you've got to have a dog, and you've got to, you know, you've got to have a certain type of relationship with that dog. Yeah, yeah. whereas now he seems to have that with the cat. He has got... He's got mice living in his skirt and boards, but I, I mean, mean that's that's fairly common. Thinking about it though, fish in, as well in the um, in the like redone episodes where they sort of remade old Porky and yeah. Gabby ones with Porky the Fourth and Daffy, like some of those, I'm sure he had a dog before. Yeah, no, well, maybe they're trying to distance themselves away from that sort of lifestyle or that 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 Porky had. Thinking, okay, well, you know. Well, I think they need this Porky to last, and uh, like it's not—he's not going to be able to do that if he has to, uh, pretty much follow all the same patterns as Porky the Third. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I, again, I don't think like this episode. Like, yeah, it, it's it's given a little bit of insight into possibly the relationship between the two universe and our universe uh, socially. Yeah. Um, and possibly into uh, the the red nosedness of cats. Yeah. Yeah. But beyond that, I don't think it's it's really altering our our arc much. No, not really. It was an interesting um, kind of first meeting of Sylvester and Porky because it's just like how long has Porky been housing Sylvester for? Um, and as I don't know, distant family, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's nothing really there. It'd be nice to see how they met. Yeah, but maybe we'll get a little flashback or like you know a dream sequence or something at some uh, point. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I could, I could be. But then, down with that. but I, no, I don't know. We don't know how long this relationship's going to go on either. So, I'm guessing not long. I'm thinking that's probably the end of it, or at least with Sylvester living with Porky. Yeah, I imagine that for a while Sylvester and his family will live in that house. Yeah, and then I presume the bills will ramp up, and ramp the, up, yeah. and not get paid, and then then that'll be the end of that gravy train. Yeah. Ruined it for themselves, they did. Ruined, <laughs> Ruined it for themselves. themselves. Uh, shall we take a look in the Porky Piggy Bank? I think it's a good idea, actually. Well, I, don't, I don't think it's as empty as it normally is. Let's find out. It's not as empty as you thought it's it would be. No, it rattles. It rattles. It and makes I, like papery noises as well. Yeah. So thank you to everyone who has uh, bought tickets to the live show. Yeah, you're, you're helping us fill up that porky piggy bank. And also in a uh, an unprecedented move that we didn't think would happen. No. Uh, a while back, Rob uh, was playing around with various uh, t-shirt sites for merch yeah. to work out which would probably suit our needs the best. Uh, so he made a lot of very limited like offers, and when Cal was wearing, like you know, Cal started the big good big hands, uh, he just wrote good big hands on a t-shirt yeah. and put it up on Teespring. And Gary Shaw has purchased one. He has. He's so, <laughs> so there was one made, one sold. You know, it's a very unique t-shirt because yeah. I think I think it was what it was up on Teespring for was it like five four, days? Yeah, four days, five days, yeah. and like. Yeah. Now he's got one. He's, he's, got, got, he's not, 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 not got one. He's got the one. Yeah, he's got the shirt that was printed within those five yeah, days. You, uh, you, there's you, a good you, picture on Twitter because I'd like people to look at it simply because 
He went for black on black, which oh, is an inspired choice. <laughs> it's an inspired <laughs> choice because it just sort of at the right angle says "good big hands." Yeah, and the but rest then of the time it's just a black t-shirt. T-shirt. And you're like, you're like, does that say "good big hands"? <laughs> nah, nah. Wouldn't, why would why would somebody wear a t-shirt that says "good big hands"? Oh no, no, no. It says "good big hands." Yeah. <laughs> So uh, uh, thank thank you to everyone who's bought tickets. Thank you to Gary for buying uh, a ridiculous T-shirt yep. in a very limited uh, time off. <laughs> but the good thing is there's still tickets for the good live show yeah. on sale. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you can go and get uh, tickets for the good live show, which is at the Pavilion in Reading on June 13th. You can get them from kaiju.fm slash live. It's £3. You'll get a big screen showing of Who Framed Roger Rabbit and then be able to get involved with the podcast afterwards which we're going to put out as our 52nd episode like our first birthday episode uh, so yeah th- thank you all for your support so far and if you haven't got tickets for the live show uh, get them yeah and uh, there, there is other things you can do if, if you're not in Reading or going to be in Reading and you can't come along to the live show there's other ways that you can help support us uh, so we've got a Patreon page so if you go to kaiju.fm and you hit support us it'll take you to the Patreon page uh, and then you know have a look at that. See if you want to help out in any sort of monetary fashion. And if you can't help out in a monetary fashion, reviews, likes, all these things, especially on iTunes, increases our visibility and really helps us out. Because then, you know, there's more people that we can talk at on a weekly basis. Absolutely. So please, please, if you listen on iTunes, uh, just take a, a minute of your time to just give us a review because, uh, yeah, that... that will absolutely be a massive boost be and it costs you nothing and you really be helping us out we'd really appreciate it yeah but otherwise thank you all for your support so far thank you for listening let's watch some cartoons let's do that Okay, so a while back, before the whole despotic Porky the Third, Porkytopia situation, Daffy uh, had a, uh, well, we don't know if the career was brief or if it just hasn't been focused on it, but a career in uh, cinema. Yeah. He he became a director by... Out-directing somebody. By out-directing somebody in a classic Tooniversal style. Yeah. Um, He went through archives of footage from our world. Yeah. And... Piece together some piece sort of together film. some sort of masterpiece. Yeah, and at good. the end of the episode, you know, he was the director. He was in the he was in the chair. Yeah, big chair. Um, the next episode, and the reason I bring it up, is called Hollywood Daffy. Yeah. Uh, wow. Shut up, Alexa. That's weird. <laughs> God damn it, Alexa! We're trying to record a podcast. Can't stop, you see stop, the light? Stop butting in. <sighs> Got always trying to get herself in there. <laughs> She's always just trying to boost her profile. <laughs> And yet she's never given us a review on iTunes. Never. Unbelievable. Anyway, Hollywood Daffy. Yep. It's a direct follow-up to uh, Daffy Duck in Hollywood, which was where he got his good directorial debut. Uh, It's from June 22nd, 1946. Let's catch up with Daffy Duck, the director. That's a good plan. So, Daffy, having returned from the war, is yeah. trying to just go straight back into his old job. Yeah, he doesn't realise that he's been away for a while and they don't need him anymore or want him. Yeah, I think he's sort of just trying to turn up straight back into his 
job at the studio. Yeah. And they've been like, Daffy, we haven't seen you in, like, what, four years, five yeah. years? Like, you don't have a job here anymore, mate. I'm, I'm thinking that happened the day before this episode because. Oh, it's he- longer than that. It was 1938. No, but I'm I'm saying that conversation. No, I'm just saying it's, it's been it's been like eight years. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I think that conversation happened the day before this episode. He was told, "Oh, you, you know, you no longer work here." He's gone home and then woke up in the morning and went, "Well, off to my job as a director." Put his hat on, <laughs> <laughs> picks up his briefcase, and just goes wandering in. So you think he's had the discussion? He had a meeting yeah. with the head yeah, of the which studio. is why which is why the security guards like, "Nah, mate, uh, you get." Uh, yeah, because I don't get the impression it's one he knew from 1938. No. It's just like we had this discussion yesterday. Yeah, and Daffy just does not remember it at all. Like, and he's just wandering in. He looks all professional and like normal. Yeah, for, I mean he's Daffy, but yeah, I genuinely he, he believe, looks normal. I genuinely believe he's not chancing it at the start of this episode. No, he genuinely thinks he has like, his job um, at the studio. work, and off he goes. But uh, but yeah, he's not. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't he's have refused. a job, and the the security guard is adamant that he's not getting in. And then, you know, so he, he tries various methods of getting in, yeah. uh, like various disguises. So you, we see Betty Davis, she gets let in. Yeah. Uh, like, do we think actors and actress, actresses cross over to the Tooniverse and do, like, Toon remakes? Yeah, Because Jimmy Durante was there. Yeah, and, like, I, I, I think they're just there. doing, like, like and backwards Sheridan. and forwards and, like, all sorts. Like, I think they're just, oh, we'll do a bit here, we'll do a bit there. You know, it, it's it's what's probably what kick-started, like, the cartoon film sort of bit. Maybe. Yeah, it's just, like, start sharing stars. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Daffy tries to get in disguised as an Oscar. Yeah. He that, paints himself gold. Yeah, and he just the, sort of stands very straight <laughs> and just tries to shuffle in. But the, the, so. the thing is, is every disguise he does, he's still Daffy Duck. The he's trouble, so noticeably Daffy Duck. The trouble is, he's very famous. Yeah, especially there. You know. Yeah, because because at the Warmer Brothers studio, he's he's well known. Yeah, like anywhere else, you'd have to be like a film buff to recognise yeah. him. But he's trying to sneak into the one place where everybody knows he's Daffy Duck, the famous director who went missing at some point in 1939. Yeah, and potentially joined some sort of secret branch of the military to do secret missions maybe who knows yeah well, so, far we, well, so far as they're concerned yeah that's it because like, like, like we saw some of the missions that he did and that that were they weren't just the ordinary missions of a standard infantry no, it wasn't a grunt no I, at one point he was guarding a the recycling pile but yeah i think yeah. that was more i i reckon that was in a sort of punishment punishment sort of situation yeah i think so yeah. but <laughs> like, like the episode basically just him trying to get onto the studio eventually gets onto the studio and then just Tears around the place, being chased by the security guard. That's it. Yeah, and then gets beaten up at the end because he says he wants to. He just he came here to see the stars. Yeah, which is odd because he didn't. The security guard. He came here to do his day's work. Yeah, but I think the reason he enjoyed that job is because he got to see all the stars. Ah, okay. I see. But yeah, the security guard is more than happy to oblige and just conks him over the head, chucks him in a bin, chucks him in a bin. Yeah, he'll probably be back for work tomorrow. I'm sure sure he will, (laughs) because that knock on the head's going to make him forget everything that happened. Yeah, maybe well, that happened yesterday. What <laughs> potentially? What I like is he's just mental. But I'm thinking that that insanity allows you to get away with certain things. Because at some point he's going round and round this like set of a house. Well, it's just like a panel of a house. Yeah, being chased by the security yeah, guard, making whooping noises. But he's just having the most fun. And he goes around the back, and the security guard pulls this kind of landscaping with like this road that goes up and over the hill. 
And Daffy just doesn't bat an eyelid. He runs straight into the painting and uses the road as if it's there. Yeah. And then the security guard tries it and just slams straight in and through the painting. Yeah, I think it's uh, sort of... I think, yeah, yeah, I think you're kind of right. The insanity lets you do it. I think it's a platform nine and three quarters sort of situation. Yeah. Like, at one point he opens the security guard, like, chest. Like a door. Like a door. So, like, I think the more insane you are, the more the Tooniverse shifts reality. I don't know to if fit it's the in with your insanity. Shifts reality, or if the Tooniverse just has a lot of stuff going on that you can utilize as long yeah. as you believe it's there. Like, I reckon his clothes do open like a door. But uh, like I think if you if, if you believe it, but I think there's there's got to be like finite things. So yes. I think any sort of film set sort of things we see that a lot, and we're definitely going to see a lot of that sort of stuff when the Acme Hole yes yeah comes yeah. in, and when uh ro- certainly when uh Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner come in. So so, so it's almost like they there are like, still rules. I yeah, like, like like Acme end up hacking into the the potential yeah. of the universe. Yeah, they just sell raw belief. Yeah, potential possibilities. Yeah, yeah. There's a sort of non-Euclidean space behind it all, yeah, where you can travel through mysterious doorways. Uh, we we need a physicist, somebody good on string theory. I think would be good. <laughs> yeah, just just, I mean, just a physicist actually. Just, just, <laughs> let's start. Nice. Let's start. Let's start basic. Um, but yeah, I don't think that answered much. I mean, I, I feel sorry for Daffy because, like, you know, he's he, you know he's, oh, he's a ve- ha- he's, he's a veteran. Fun, he's he? come he's come back to get his good yeah directorial. But he is having back. fun. He's not. He's not sad. Yeah, but that's all. I think because he's currently waking up every day full of hope that he'll return to his directorial job because he because he ends every day with a with a severe concussion <laughs> and just goes right <laughs> off to my good directing job. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think it answered very much. I think we we can we can move on. No, but I do I do still love Daffy. Well, he's, <laughs> he's still definitely my favorite character oh, so yeah. far. Oh yeah. Uh, so we've got a Bugs number to finish off today. It's called Acrobatty Bunny. Oh. Uh, it's from June 29th, 1946. Uh, this is apparently the first Bugs Bunny cartoon uh, where Robert Kimson was director of the agency, or at least a director Yeah, of I the don't agency. really know. We still haven't worked out quite how those roles translate to positions no. in the agency. Uh, let's uh, let's see let's see what uh, McKimson has Bugs up to. Yeah, let's have a look. In uh, Acrobatty Bunny from June 29th, 1946. <laughs> Well, there you have it. Yeah, that, that's. <laughs> I don't. There's a thing. Um, so Bugs has a house. Yeah, like a more permanent fixture by the looks. Of yeah, things. but I'm I'm thinking this is. Very similar to um, Howl's Moving Castle. So I'm thinking he has a permanent abode yeah, uh, somewhere, and then there is just an exit which takes him through various tunnels and into some soil where it allows him to exit pretty much wherever he wants. So anywhere he enters soil, he could get to his house. Yeah, I, I, I reckon so. But in this situation, there is a definite hole in the ground. Yeah. And they put a cage over it because the circus is coming into town. Yeah. And there's a lion in the cage. And the lion sticks its face in the hole. And the breathing, like, creates vacuum in Bugs' house. It does. So, so it, it means it works both ways. So yeah, maybe he just got he just careless, didn't shut, didn't shut his door. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He just didn't shut his door. And so is, that, is that why the tunnel stays where it is? Yes. Okay. 
You know, he's he's went to bed and thought, oh, is he drunk? <laughs> very well could have been. Maybe he, he was out. Maybe, maybe, maybe he was out with uh, sniffles. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> sniffles is in the states now. Yeah. So yeah, he he, he ends up out of the hole with the lion. I've just realised something. We Go didn't cover how Porky got back from Africa. No, that's a and good point. neither did they. That's a good point. Like, I mean, it's probably just been long enough, but, like, just I just remembered that when, when we said Sniffles yeah. in America now, that Porky was in Africa at the end of our last episode. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing at, at some point they've just went, oh, where's Porky? We're like, he's supposed to be... Yeah, he's, he's like, got friends he's in like, high places. He's... He's missed, missed the Monday morning Whereas meeting. I reckon Daffy went off the radar to go and get his job back. His director's job. Yeah. So when was... So that, that was March 16th. Yeah, but he was... And he was back by April 6th. Yeah. So he, uh, he there must have been some sort of... Yeah, I'm guessing he just missed a meeting operation. that was important. And they, went, <laughs> and, they, and, and they went, oh, who was last with Daffy? Daffy, where is he? Uh, and Daffy went, ah, oh, Africa somewhere. And he's like, what, what do you mean Africa? Uh, oh, we, we, we went to uh, Africa. Uh, I, I came back because I can fly. Uh, so Porky's still there? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Okay, cheers, wanna, Daffy. Uh, Don't come in on Monday. Yeah, like, do you not think about telling us this sort of thing? He's like, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, okay. Solved. Okay, we can go back to this one now. <laughs> so Bugs didn't shut his door. Uh, so uh, basically, a lion could smell him through the hole he'd left yeah, last night. Yeah, but he knew it was Bugs Bunny specifically. Well, yeah, it wasn't just like oh, I smelled a rabbit because you saw his thoughts, and it yeah. was like, oh, is it is it a camel? No, yeah, like is it a skunk? No, is it this specific rabbit? Yeah, is yes. it Bugs Bunny? Yes, it is. <laughs> and then Bugs pops up. He's in the cage with the lion. Obviously, he's not scared no. because he's the soil everywhere. He knows he's fine. And he also knows he can fit out of the bars. Yeah. Which so he, he uses to great advantage. Well, sort of, because he skips out of the bars, but then when he gets around to the door, the door's just open. Yeah, I think the line opened that, though. Good cage. Because this wasn't a zoo, it was a circus. So it wasn't a prison. Yeah, because at the start, we thought they were building a zoo. Yeah. So we thought that line's in prison. Yeah. But it wasn't. I think that this was... The cage is just there so the audience feels safe. The lion it, is yeah. a professional, he's a performer. Yeah, he knows exactly what he's doing. He works... For the zoo, for the circus. Like, yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing, so they don't need to lock it. But to give the impression of a circus, so everyone feels there safe. has to be a cage. Because, like, cause, yeah, he's he's probably a sentient lion acting like a, a feral. Yeah. I mean, especially if they're going to start bringing people from our end of the portal uh, over to their Yeah, which I think we're going to start seeing more of, because we, we, we saw actors and actresses from our world, like, at the Warner yeah. Brothers studio. So they, the might, they might start doing, like, excursions out there. Yeah, and we and we know, like we know more crossovers coming up, and yeah. we've seen it before. Uh, I think it's it's just gonna get acceptable. I think so. And so, yeah, I think there's just for the illusion of safety, bang a cage, in. bang a bang a cage in. Um, Bugs gives him the runaround. Does uh, dresses, dresses up as a clown? Dresses up as a clown. He tries to make him laugh, and then just thumps him. Yeah, I don't really get why he can just thump him. Well, I don't know. Like he he makes him laugh once, slaps him. Yeah. Makes him laugh again, thumps him, and the lion stops laughing. And then Bugs is like, ah, oh, come on, let's just have a bit of a giggle. And he, and he gets the lion laughing again, and then whacks him with a hammer. Yeah. Knocks him clean out. And then he, they wind up in the circus itself. Yeah. Uh, the lion chases him up to the trapeze. Bugs informs the lion that there's a safety net and he's got nothing to worry about. 
There's not a safety There's net. There's not a safety net. Uh, so the lion plummets to the ground. Uh, the gets the lion to chase him into a cannon, and he yeah. gets out the back of the cannon, fires the cannon, and the cannon, because the lion was blocking it, yeah. sort of blows up. blows up, and the lion's left with like a hula skirt of metal around his waist. Yeah. And then Bugs puts uh, like a wreath of flowers around his neck, a wreath of flowers around the lion's neck, and starts playing the ukulele, and they all just have a hula time. Yeah, and that was pretty much the end. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, like, there are two things I think are a take-home from the end. Yeah. One, uh, I think, because we know animals in the Tooniverse struggle to identify what type of animal anything is, yeah. what's going on, vague shapes can make all the difference. I think if you dress someone like like a hula girl yeah. and start playing the ukulele, They'll look at to. themselves and yeah. they'll go, well, I am wearing a grass skirt and a wreath of flowers. Yeah. I guess I'm meant to be a hula girl. And then yeah. they just do it. Because that, that, I, I was thinking that... Because the social pressure is so yeah. high. I was thinking it might purely just be the ukulele bit. I'm thinking anytime somebody plays a ukulele, everyone just starts hulaing. Maybe. But I, th- I, I think you are correct. I think the, the addition of a grass skirt-esque, you know, ensemble with uh, <laughs> some sort of wreath or flowers is going to convince anybody, really. I mean, if you dress, <laughs> dress me up that way and start playing the ukulele, I'd probably start hulaing. And then Bugs tries to sell the services of his uh, Bugs Bunny and the Hula Lion band yeah. to us for events. Yeah, yeah, he does. And that's the end. It's a very weird end. <laughs> but it was I was just to... like, ah, uh, we're done. Like, what? 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 But I just All like right. the idea that Bugs, in the space of... Because uh, they were not... There's, there were no time cuts in this. No, no, it was like just it was one string of events. So in the space of seven minutes from being woken up, hung over, yeah. he's turned this into a business, a, venture. a business venture. I think he's done quite well. I yeah. mean, it is, it is Bugs, though. He is pretty good at this sort of thing. He's, he, he's just like, it's like, oh, this is a hassle. Like, I really need to get back on schedule for whatever my overall agenda is. Yeah. Uh, I really don't have long to sort this out. Um so I reckon if I can't make a business out of this in seven minutes, I'll just get all my other stuff. Uh, but, but I reckon like, I could, like, could probably get myself some funding. Possi- like, like possibly Bugs, Bugs starts doing that as just like a little side project. He just does like seven minute business ideas. And it's just like, he just does a business. He's got to, he's got to come up with a business idea and sell it in seven minutes. And if he can't, he's like, right, no, that's not a good business idea. Next. He's Dragon's Denning it. Yeah. That's essentially what he's doing. He, he comes up with, and pitches a business idea in seven minutes. Uh, Dragon's Den is uh, Shark Tank for anyone listening in the states. Yeah, uh, it's the, uh, just just it's no, the thing. I've yeah, it's that a, yeah, it's about half thing. our listeners don't know what that is. No, uh, I mean, <laughs> that, 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 that seems reasonable. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's plausible. Yeah, I, I think that's possibly how he uh, overall funds his wacky adventures. Yeah, is he just sell creates a business idea? Gets to a minimum viable point and then sells the idea. It is quite an easy thing for a time traveller to do, though. Because how many times have you seen an idea come out and you go, oh, I could have thought that. That was so simple. And Bugs can do that exact thing. He, he can go, oh, I could have thought of that. Go back in time and do it. Yeah, but I still presume his lifeline is finite. Yeah. I like, think his lifeline is, but... Yeah, I, my but- point is, like... He can he can like take something from one era and transport it to another. Yeah, but it's still taking time out of his preparation time for yes. whatever he's doing. Yeah, so like maybe he doesn't want to. Still needs to be real quick. Yeah, maybe he doesn't want to. The spend pitch too much time. The pitch has to be quick. 
has to be snappy. And he, has to have it, he has to have his figures ready because yes. otherwise like, gonna Duncan Ballantyne's going to go like... Oh, I don't like the sound of that. I don't like the sound of that. It doesn't sound viable. <laughs> That's not what he says. I don't know what he says. I, I, don't, I don't really watch Dragon's I don't know. Day. He normally just goes, you haven't, you haven't done any of the you know, business planning part and for that reason, I'm out. Do you, do you even know numbers? <laughs> do you have any you, numbers at all? Any any numbers at and all? And I'm, I'm sure Bugs does is the thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm fairly certain he does. Like, I reckon he's like he's got his full business plan. He's ready to go. And he probably that's uses some sort of like rabicus. And then he's going on Dragon's Den, and he's going. You can have a a 100 percent stake in my business for. Yeah, yeah, just give me, just, give me, just, just, give me some money. Off. Just, just buy it off. Just go on. I don't have time for this. Yeah, I'm off anyway. And then he goes off, and then he just comes back in different clothes and does the next business. Yeah, but, but he always walks with off a lion with that. and a hula skirt. He always walks off with that sort of like forward limbo. Yeah, yeah. Horizontal. Well, that's because he's got to get his next shit ready. Yeah, yeah. Busy man. Yeah, he's a busy, he's a bu- <laughs> busy, he's a busy business bunny. <laughs> that was really difficult to say. Busy business. It's like oh, oh, oh god, that is hard. Oh, it's hard. Busy business. Busy, busy, busy business bunny. Is <laughs> <laughs> it easier if you just do a pan-European accent? It is. He's a busy. Okay, because you have a little bit more time. Yeah. He's a busy business bunny. See, yeah, easier. it is easier. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a good place to end this. <laughs> uh, come so. to. Uh, come to the live show uh, on the 13th of June. It's three pounds. Uh, three quid. Get involved with some Who Framed Roger Rabbit action. Get involved with some talking nonsense with us action. It'll be fun. Apart from that, yeah. we'll Bye. see you next week. Bye.